Hey, how y'all doing? I've completely adopted TikTok lingo into my everyday jargon, and that's a wonderful new development for me. How are you guys doing? This is Melissa Ribeiro. You are listening to Wine Over Wisdom, and I'm so grateful that you're here listening to me today. I hope you are all safe and healthy, and so are your loved ones. We have a wonderful episode today with Erica Stolman of Fashion Lush, but before I give her a proper introduction, yes, I've been watching Too Hot to Handle. I've totally adopted UK Australian slang. Not that proper is one of them, but I'm totally using it from now on with Lady Bits and Giza and Banta, which I think I've always used banter, but like I'm really going to throw that banter in. And I'm having a little banter with you right now in my finest sweats trying to keep a positive attitude while we are all in a crisis and I really hope you guys are all keeping your head up I know it's really hard um I've been trying to keep myself together by I well first off I found a knockoff gravity blanket I don't know if you've heard of gravity blanket but it's a weighted blanket and the more weight it is the more expensive it is I can't even afford the lowest weight or smallest one so because they like range from like a hundred bucks and up i found a knockoff one at the grocery store it was a throw blanket but it's fine because my husband gets hot when he's sleeping so it works just for me i'm the one who needs it i have the anxiety so it's 10 pounds which is good for someone who's you know breaking the seal and it's been making me feel really safe. It was marked off from 70 bucks to 50 bucks to 20 bucks. What a steal. And it, and it was in gray. I thought it was the color that was on the box, which was like a baby blue. I opened the box and it was gray, so it matches my room. I'm really happy about it. it makes me feel safe and cozy. I get the anxiety the most in the morning or at night, so it's perfect. And yeah, I know... Oh, it also works for meditation, but I was going to say, like, I know everyone's different, but it works for me. My anxiety has been very irrational, and I can only speak for myself. My husband always asks me why I'm having the anxiety, because I know he has, he doesn't get anxiety like I do, but he's been definitely really frustrated and not handling this quarantine very well. Um, Definitely better than other people are, but he's having a hard time with it but he always asks me like why as if i could say oh well today i'm worried about my dad's health or today i'm worried about my aunt with a head injury that's like cooped up inside and can't and it's really difficult because she can't get the care she needs like it doesn't always have to have a name or one pinpoint reason sometimes you could finally be like letting loose enjoying yourself watching your favorite movie watching golden girls in your happy place and then it comes out of nowhere so i explained to him it's like a sneeze it's like you know it's the dust the pollen or the allergies sometimes when you sneeze but other times you just get a sneeze out of nowhere and it can just an anxiety or panic attack can just smack you out of nowhere but breathing deep breaths the weighted blanket telling myself what I'm grateful for no matter how small it is I'm like I'm grateful for this pillow under my head I'm grateful for this cup of coffee or this cup of tea I mean you should really stay away from caffeine if you have anxiety and I need to really do that um I'm grateful for 
my listeners, my followers. There's so much really to be grateful for, especially all the people in the front line, everybody in the hospitals, everyone in the essential businesses, anything you do, no job is too small at all. You guys are all amazing for what you do. Even the parking attendants in the parking lots of the hospital, keeping the traffic in motion. It doesn't matter what you do. If you are stepping outside of the house because your job is essential or you're doing something to help a loved one or you're caring for somebody, your mom, your parent, your caretaker, your a foster parent, anything. You know what? You, everyone in quarantine, I'm thanking you too. No matter what you're doing, even if you're just making funny TikToks, like, thank you because you're keeping everything afloat one way or another. And I totally believe in energy and it's transferable. So with that said, I light a white candle. I bought a bunch of white candles from Target and I got this idea from Shaman Dirk. And every night I light the white candle. I stare into the flame for a little bit and I say at least five or six things that I'm grateful for, big or small. And I'm not a fucking martyr. You know that. So it's just something that we need to do to keep our sanity. We have to because it's so easy to get drifted away and say, oh, my gosh, you know, what was me? All this stuff is happening. Truthfully, every single day I'm hearing a heartbreaking story every single day. But I'm also hearing really great acts of courage and selflessness along the way. So it is definitely a crisis. It's really a hard and trying time. It's overwhelming. Like even if you're not in a catastrophic situation, it's just plain and simple overwhelming. Unfortunately, I have a lot of friends and family members and who are suffering right now in so many different ways. I have some of them that are in the front lines sacrificing their well-being, their mental, physical well-being for what's going on but it's also like inspiring to see how strong people are and honestly that uh, with every crisis that's what happens we always are in awe of the strength of people i've witnessed 9-11 i've witnessed hurricane sandy the crash of 2008 it's been so wonderful to see in those tragedies like how we all come together and help one another so if you are in a situation that you want to talk about with me my dms are open my heart is open for you feel free to spill your guts to me i'm here for you if you want to tell me an act of kindness that you did whether it's buying someone a cup of coffee volunteering donating i totally want to hear that too if you want me to shout out a cause that you're working for feel free my dms are open my email is also in the bio of my instagram at wine over wisdom and i'm totally totally here for you all of you i am so grateful that you're here listening to this podcast an amateur podcaster like myself I know that there's a lot to work on and I'm getting better every single day or every time I do this. I got some new equipment, which I'm so happy about. 
but yeah, you know, I just am trying to always keep a level of perspective. Like even though I get the anxiety and stuff, it doesn't mean that my perspective isn't a constant negative. You got to fight the fear and I'm trying to do that all the time. But I've noticed that I worry more about other people than myself. Meaning when I used to get anxiety attacks like pre-quarantine, they were terrible anxiety attacks horrible all really worrying about other people in circumstances that were completely fabricated in my mind now there's actual concrete circumstances i mean there's always been concrete circumstances even before that like i have family members with cancer and illnesses and there's always been a lot of uncertainty with their health but now it's like whatever i don't want to bring you guys into like a negative state but i just am worried constantly about other people i don't care about myself i don't care like it i just have been putting my problems so far completely last so far i'm sorry guys i don't want to put you guys in like a shitty mood i'm so sorry this is a really great podcast episode we have erica stolman of fashion lush So let me tell you, when I go on the internet, I just want to follow people that are inspiring or they teach me something or they're funny. Erica Stolman really is the whole package. She's an Instagram OOTD icon. I would literally love to copy all of her outfits. She is a TikTok extraordinaire. She's completely mastered the art of TikTok, something that I'm hoping to do by the time this quarantine is over. And she started blogging in 2008 before blogging was even a thing. She pioneered the blogosphere with her best friend, Lauren Everts of the Skinny Confidential. Well, they did it separately, but the two of them today influenced millions of followers. So naturally, they both started Blogdo, a platform that helps aspiring bloggers create, design, and launch their brand. This platform really can help anybody, whether you just run social media accounts for a company or you're an entrepreneur there's really a lot to learn from blog do and they've helped me tremendously but erica doesn't even stop there no if you love cannabis i highly pun intended i i really added that pun it was intended i highly recommend you to check out her sister brand fashion kush everyone is ordering the martha tea from her merch section it is just brilliant not to mention she is on my podcast on April 2020. 420, couldn't be more kismet. And if you follow Fashion Kush, not only will you continue getting premium Erica Stolman content, you also will probably win something. She always does little giveaways in her Instagram stories. So without further ado, and I don't know if I've ever said further ado before, but there's a first time for everything, I welcome you guys, Erica Stolman. You will feel like the third person on a call with the phone on mute she's so chill so let's get ready to chit chat hey erica how are you i am good how are you doing i'm i'm pretty good actually i mean i think i've been designed for quarantine <laughs> honestly like i was born for this that's how i feel i was born for this yeah i mean i'm always in panic mode and anxiety mode anyway so just as long as my family's okay and everyone's healthy I mean I have one member that's actually um sick but 
he's doing okay so far. That's really priority. Yeah, he has corona, but I mean, like that. I lost my job like a week ago, and I'm like, I don't even care. Like, I'll worry about that when this all like subsides. I can't even care about anything but health. I'm fine. Like, I'm glad that everyone's on the same page now. That health is wealth. You know, it's like yeah. we kind of drifted away from what was meaningful in life, but it's crazy. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that like you know a lot of focus. There's a lot of tragedy in this, and a lot of people, you know, losing jobs and in terrible financial situations. But I do think, like, it's great to see the one common factor that, like, everyone's appreciating their house so much more, and, and, like, it prioritizes things, that's for sure. Yeah, it's definitely put things into perspective, and I I know that – everyone's really struggling so whenever like when I lost my job I'm like there's people in worse situations I have to be mindful of we're all one collective and it just makes me really feel like it's just so funny how we're all quoting high school musical we're like we're all in this together but there's really nothing else to say it like doesn't matter where you're from what's going on we really all are in this together and it just shows how linked we are as like a society in these circumstances Um, but I have to say your feed is so positive and productive. You really are the vibe I want to follow in these times. I just have to commemorate you. How how have you been keeping yourself busy besides what we see on Instagram? We've been doing, so we bought a house a year ago and thank you. It's been a year and we've done, we've done a lot, but we have so many projects that have been like sitting on the back burner. So We've just been working on things around the house mainly to keep us busy um, and working on my, you know, on my blog and my Instagram, trying to plan a wedding. We are just doing all of the projects to keep our mind off the current situation. And it's really hard, I think, as an influencer because there's a responsibility with it to not neglect the situation, but to also like distracts the audience from the situation like it's a juggling act of doing two things at once yeah you really read my mind there yeah it's hard because there's a lot of influencers who are making little mistakes like things that you know what that maybe wasn't the most sensitive thing and then they're being not just attacked like torn apart yeah and it's just a hard, it's, this is a new situation for everyone to navigate, and there needs to be, like, it, I just think kindness in general, like, well, everyone figures out this new normal for the time being, basically. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely like, content, I write content that does distract people, but, like, I don't want to take away from the situation, so I'm just trying to find that medium. Which I know a lot of influencers are also struggling with on what's appropriate and what's not. And I know the line has been made so thin because I'm noticing a lot of public figures that are saying things that are so out of touch. And, of course, like you said, they're getting shredded apart. But even something as simple as complaining about boredom a little too much, it's like, okay, well, it's a luxury to be bored because – People like my mother-in-law are nurses going to work every day and, like, they don't get to stay home and be bored. Or, 
I mean, you're probably going to make the younger people want to go hang out with each other because they're going to you're feeding into like I can't stay inside where everyone really needs to promote staying inside. It's there. There's so many layers to it. And I think you've been doing a really good job. I definitely see how it can be so tricky for you right now. It's tricky, yeah, because then on the other side of the coin, now people are mad if you're being productive. Like, that's the thing I saw today is they're like, this isn't a productivity contest. And it's like, God, like, you know, so it's, it it is a fine line. And luckily, you know, I, I think that I'm doing okay. Like I, you know, I'm struggling just like everyone else. Like maybe not just like everyone else to take that back. There's different struggles and different levels of struggle. Yeah. Every industry is feeling it as far as, income goes like I can say that the brands that I have worked with who I have outstanding invoices cannot pay so every Mm -hmm. single industry is going to be affected by this and everyone's going to struggle in their own way and I just you know I want to promote on my feed like you know we're lucky we're blessed you're blessed to be at home you're blessed to be bored you're blessed to have projects to do, and most importantly, you're blessed to be healthy, and that's the most important thing right now. Yeah, absolutely. And either way, no matter where you are on the ladder, your life has been shaken up. That's what we all have in common right now. Everyone, like, to the degrees are different, and, you know, I, I truly think and I hope people are doing things to donate and volunteer and give to charity and all of those things right now if you can I think that's super important but everyone's lives have been flipped upside down in some way or another and this is definitely one department we've never expected we've always held our breath for war and everything but no one thought this in the modern day yeah this is crazy well I'm so sorry yeah go on (laughs) Just, it's crazy, you know. I went. I had. I haven't really left the house at all. At all, I've been like very strict on my quarantine. But yesterday, I had to run an errand, an essential errand. And every time I do, I'm just like, this is nothing I've ever seen before. Me so neither. Shocking, you know. And I prefer to stay inside now. I'm like, get me back inside. It's wild that you had to clarify an essential errand. Like, don't, don't come for me. It's essential. Yeah. <laughs> it's um being inside right now is my preferred situation. Avoiding the outside as much as possible. Me too. I don't even want it's not worth it, you know. It, but it's funny that going to the grocery store, it's not really funny. I am just one of those people that uses humor as like a method of coping. But going to the grocery store is now like a Call of Duty mission or something like yeah, like the whole thing. And where where are you located? I'm 30 minutes from the city, oh, from wow. New York City. Yeah, so the okay. numbers by me are astronomical. Yeah, because New, New York City is they have more cases than China had as an entire continent. So it's just right. wild. So crazy. I mean, at least the last number I saw from China before everything started, before they hit their apex, I think were were passed. But um, yeah, it's just it's just not. But I know I know my listeners are like done with the yeah Corona topic. 
but yeah. they still want to know because a lot of them are brides and you're a bride. So I know this is tough for you. And I've, I know a lot of them can relate to you right now with like your wedding planning process. Where are you with that? I know you shared a little bit of it in your stories, but in case um, anyone missed it, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> our original plan for our wedding was we were going to get married in Copenhagen in August. Copenhagen's our favorite city in the world. We've been there multiple times, and for years we've been trying to get our family to experience this amazing city. So we're like, okay, we're going to have our dream wedding in Copenhagen. And <clears throat> Perfection, by the way, yeah. Yeah, and we, and we wanted the Copenhagen wedding to be small and intimate. So we were inviting 25 people, 30 people tops. Like, it was going to be a super small event. And then in September... Uh, we were going to have our reception in San Diego so that we could celebrate with everybody. Okay, that's really good. Yeah, that was the plan. I was thrilled about it. This is, like, exactly what we wanted. And then this pandemic happened, and we are in an interesting position because we're in August. So we're, like, really on this border of, like, what the hell do we do? Yeah. Uh, you know, 50% of the people I talk to says, by August, she'll be fine. 50% of the people is like, make a backup plan now. Like, I don't think you're going to be fine. And even if it is fine and borders open, like, it, you know, there's the concern of will people be comfortable traveling at this point or at, you know, will it be too late to send? We haven't sent out our invites yet because we're wait, we're in limbo, basically. So we're, we, our invites were supposed to go out in April. This wow. month, and we're holding off. So our plan right now is we're waiting till May first, and May first is like the final deciding day of Copenhagen. If nothing is better by May first, and the curve is not flattened and borders aren't opening, we are gonna start working on our backup plan, which is to combine the ceremony with the reception in September in San Diego, which is not what we wanted. <laughs> Excuse me, but we help is the most important priority. So, like, really, you know, in my mind, like, in the big things, a wedding is very important. It's very important. It's, you know, I don't want to put aside the importance of a wedding and, like, how important it is to have that experience. But it's not the number one important in our world right now. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, I'm, I, I go back and forth from being, like, really heartbroken that Copenhagen can't happen to, like, okay, you know what, like, it's okay. Like, it's not the biggest deal. I have a friend who was having a 400-person wedding in Spain in May, and she had to cancel everything, and, like, that breaks my heart. Like, I think that we're in a lucky position that our event in Copenhagen was small, so changing it's not going to be the biggest loss for us. Um, And... You know, we're still in this time where, like, like our dates are set up, so, like, we don't know. Like, even in September, that might not be able to happen. At this point, you know, we're just in limbo. We do not know. Um, it's unfortunate because if in May, you know, we do decide to go forward with Copenhagen, it's that's pretty late for people to buy. I mean, it's not too late, but it's late for people to buy tickets. So, I, you know... I'm so low-key about this whole thing. I'm just like, whatever ha- happens is supposed to happen. Oh, my. I, I'm sending you, like, a mental hug right now. I was even going to say, though, the one thing on your side is that it was 
a small wedding that you had planned. So you can literally even group text all those people to see where they, how they feel in May. And I think that waiting till May is a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I just feel so bad. I, I, I'm okay. Like, you know, I do, I go through my waves of like real sadness about Copenhagen. Like that makes me pretty bummed. You know, we had so many special things planned, but then I'm like, it's okay. Like, there's so many brides out there who have huge weddings that they're having to cancel right now. That makes me feel so bad for them. And, and like, you know, I in general, I feel bad for brides because a lot of this experience of getting married is being taken from them. And, they, and you know, I have brides reaching out that, like, they can't have their bachelorette party and they can't have all these things, which in the big scheme of the world right now, I do, I'm fully aware that's not as important. But to a bride, it is. Yeah, absolutely. It's more than just a party with your friends. It's the experience of being a bride and having that moment in your life. So I, my heart goes out to all the brides out there. I I feel you. I see you. It's terrible. But you do, at the end of the day, have to put it in perspective that, like, you can't put your guests in a situation or your friends going to harm their health. Like, that's an important thing. That's not a risk that we're willing to take, um, you know, at the end of the day. And it it's about getting married. It's not, you know, it's, yeah. the most important I'm marrying, you know, the love of my life. I'm not, I'm not too worried about it at the end of the day. And but honestly, regardless of the pandemic or not, that really is the perspective. And wedding planning is always wild. And, of course, this is an extreme, extreme extreme situation but things will go wrong one way or another and like that's the one thing I even said even though I got married last year like it's the only thing that matters is who I'm marrying and I had to keep saying that and I think that's like the only word of advice I can give right now for the brides that are planning like you during this pandemic like as long as you are marrying the person that you're confident that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, that's that's one thing you are so lucky to have. Yeah, that's such a blessing. And I think that it's just a matter of putting things in perspective. I mean, I consider myself a very low key bride. Like I Yeah. I, I tell my I always tell my wedding planner, like, I wasn't born with this like wedding gene that girls have. Me neither. It's just like, you know, it, it yeah, I'm not, not like a bridezilla. I don't really, I'm not on that level. But I do know there's some brides out there, and it makes me so sad for them that this is the moment they've been waiting for their whole life. Like, that, you know, I think of the girl who, like, has dreamed of being in a wedding dress since she was six years old, and, like, I yeah. feel bad for her. I want to hug her. Me I mean, too. we're kind of going with the flow. We're just like, whatever happens is meant to happen, and it'll be great regardless. And it's part of your story. Yeah, that's the thing. Story. I mean, you know, hey kids, we got married during a pandemic <laughs> over Skype. We're going to be those geezers that went through all the crazy things in the past. Like I never expected that. No, never. The other day, I told Zach, I was like, imagine us telling our kids about this time where we spent three, you know, three, four, five weeks at home one day. Like that's gonna be crazy. 
yeah, the, like the wars we've gone through, two economic crashes, and this is like I just picture myself drinking wine on a rocking chair, telling them oh, yeah. the story. Tell your grandkids all about the pandemic of 2020. It's insane, but I I have to say that you are definitely going to be someone to to aspire to by keeping your cool throughout all this. And I really, my heart really does go out for those brides like that have been dreaming for this their entire lives. Um, My friend, Laura, just, she had a wedding in June. She canceled it until 2021. So see, that's the other thing we thought, should we cancel it? Should we wait till 2021? But like, I know. I don't, we're still on that date, like, of August and September, where it could be better. So if it's not better by then, then, yeah, we'll move it out to 2021, and maybe then, I don't know, you know. Really, there's just, there's no crystal ball we can look into, so it's just a matter of playing it by ear. And luckily for brides right now, vendors are being so understanding and wonderful. I mean, oh, good. my experience, the vendors that we're working with, but mind you, we're working with the vendors in Copenhagen and the people in Copenhagen are the most wonderful people in the world. <laughs> yes, true. My friend uh, is oh, dating a guy from there. Oh, lucky her. I know. <laughs> it's they are ghost people. They're the most wonderful people. And every vendor we've worked with over there is like, you'll get all your money back. Like, do not worry. So that's been on our side. And, you know, it is what it is, and it'll be what it will be. And you just have to go with the flow and hope for the best, prepare for the worst, I guess. When did you meet your fiancé? Like, how long have you guys been together? Oh my gosh. And how did you guys meet? We've been together, I think, what, I think we just, we're together for eight years now. Gosh, I'm so bad at keeping track of that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's the same as me. I got married after eight years of dating. Yeah, yeah. We definitely have been together a long time before we got married um we actually met at a dive bar <laughs> perfect oh so, it was so funny because it was like a wednesday night i lived in a i lived in a house with like three three girls at the time and they wanted to go to the bar and i was like no i don't want to go like i'm gonna stay home and watch law and order like i'm staying home and they're like no like you've got to come with us and i was like okay i'll go for one drink so we go <laughs> And I walk in the bar, and, like, this was so out of character for me, but the friend that I was with is, like, always the girl that, like, finds the cutest guy in the bar and calls dibs. Like, mine. And and so, this is very out of character for me, but I spotted Zach across the bar, and I said, dibs. Okay? (laughs) And I was dead sober, like, just walking in the bar, and I was like, dibs. And then I... Went over, luckily he was talking to a mutual friend because I have, like, a strict rule of, like, not dating people unless there's a mutual friend involved. Uh, so he was talking to someone I actually known for years. And so I wow. made him in Yeah, he was, like, he was at the bar with him, this friend that I've known since junior high. So I made him introduce us, and we talked the whole night. And he walked me home, and he had just, like, literally just gotten out of a really long relationship. So he was not in the place to meet anybody. Um, And I also, that night, I told my friend, that's the guy I'm going to marry, which was really interesting and weird. That Um, happens to some people, really. Yeah, I said, that's the guy I'm going to (laughs) marry. 
I was really ambitious back then. Uh, <laughs> so we hung out for like two weeks and then we actually stopped hanging out and we got back together with his ex-girlfriend. And I was like, that's fine. Like, I know the deal. When you get out of a long relationship, you always get back together once just to see. Yeah. And then you, and then and you call it quits for good. Like, or you don't, or it works out. So I just was like, I took a step back and I was like, I get it. Like, I've been there. You sow those oats, get your closure, figure out what you want to do there. And then, like, six months later, we got back together. We started hanging out again, and then we were just so in love. Oh, so, and I like, you know, he had the time to heal. I don't, I don't, you never want to be, like, the rebound girl. So he was break so that I wasn't his rebound girl. And I think it, it, I mean, obviously, it worked out great for us. <laughs> It does. Like, I did the same thing. I was in a five-year relationship. He was trying to move. He was trying to have me move with him to Switzerland. And then I started dating my husband, but we took it so slow. Like, the first eight months, I didn't even call him my boyfriend. (laughs) That's how slow we took it. Because I was scared he was my rebound, and I don't know. But it worked perfectly. I don't think we would have actually made it if we didn't do that because he was like the typical Sagittarius commitophobe and all that. So I guess my, my trick worked on him. <laughs> I love that. So what's your Zodiac sign for everyone who's an astrology fan over here? I'm a Leo. Get out. No, I am a Leo and Zach is a Leo too. Oh my goodness. I get along famously with Leo's. No oh, wonder. What? what? I'm an Aries. Oh, I love Aries. Yeah, my best friend is a Leo, and I've been following you forever. I don't even follow that many bloggers or influencers. Ever since I started my podcast page, I've gotten a, a scope of more of them, but you were always the one that caught my attention because I've gone through so many ups and downs financially, so it's like to follow someone who's always sharing just clothes. I'm like, all right, well, I can't even go shopping right now. I'm I'm a broke bitch. And then, but you just provide influence and in just how to live your daily life. And so and so does your best friend Lauren. By the way, congratulations on being an aunt to oh, Zaza Bostic. Baby, <laughs> never seen your baby in my life. She's perfect. I cannot even believe like a doll just came out of her womb yeah talking (laughs) talking how pretty that baby is but you've been doing this forever since 2008 and you and lauren pretty much did blogging before it was even a thing yeah i have to commend you guys though because you keep my attention though by sharing just how you live your daily life from the whipped coffee to doing whatever i things even though i can't go on like a makeup haul or a skincare or clothing haul you still give me so much that i can do without that glad yeah thanks for shaking it up i mean i'm never going to be the influencer who like i feel like there's types of influencers and i have no ill will towards any type of influencer but there's the type of influencer who shares relatable content mm-hmm. and then type of influencer who shares like goals content like you do you know what I mean like it's unattainable but you love to watch it 
Yeah. I love to watch it. It's unattainable for me, like, but it's great to watch, you know, you unboxing all your new designer bags or whatever. Love to watch it. I totally love to watch it. But that's just not who I've ever wanted to be in this industry. It's yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I I like to relate to my audience. I like to be one on one with my audience. I consider my audience like legitimately. I consider them my friends, like my people. Uh, it's not a song for me. Like these are like my people. Like I, you know, I've got this great community, and I talk. I like you know, I talk to them. I meet up with them in real life and hang out with them. Like it's not, you know. It's more than just a business for me. It's really personal. Um, and I love it. Like, my favorite part about it is the connection. Because it just feels like there's people all over the world that I'm friends with, you know? So it's great. Yeah, Lauren Everts always says that you told her about always, like, commenting on your supporters and just talking to them one-on-one, and she does that famously. She, like, always responds to my comments. You respond to my DMs. You guys are just great with that, and I'm glad that I didn't start this without having that influence from the two of you because even in my – I just did my astrology chart for my birthday. Um, My birthday was April 2nd, and they said that, like, a lot of my thing was, like, based on community, creating my own community, and – I thought that was really interesting. I immediately thought of the two of you because I'm like, wow, I've always felt that way. That's one thing that stuck with me from the two of you when you give advice on building a brand um, with Blogdo especially. I love that. I mean, I think that, like, you know, in, influencers, they like to put themselves, like, in a position of authority. And I think that, you know, with Lauren and I, we don't want to be, like, above we want to be, you know, we really connect with our audience, and we're just down home girls. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're we're just normal people, and we just ended in this position where we do get into influence, which is a blessing. Like it is such a blessing to be able to have a community to share things with, you know, especially in times like these, like, you know, you've got an audience you can speak to, you can talk to, and it makes the world feel like such a smaller place. And I think that that's just always been number one priority for me is to connect with my audience. Like, you know, I think a lot of influencers get into this industry for the wrong reasons. And that's fine because you can get into this industry for whatever reason you want and it can work for you. You know, people have influence for whatever reason they get into it. But like my core of this is like the connection with people and my audience. Like that's my priority more than brand deals, more than, you know, anything. It's the connection with the audience. Cause if that goes, then you've got nothing. Absolutely. That translates, especially because I noticed in your comments and Lauren's comments, there aren't, I I mean, from what I see, I don't see as many haters. I don't know if you guys, like, block it in a certain way, but I think you've really curated people that want to be there and know that they're, like, a part of your fashion lush world or the skinny confidential world, whatever, or blog dudes world and fashion cushions world. Like, they are in the house in a sense that you don't really have any – like, I don't see a lot of crazy intruders because they know that you're in there and you're reading. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've gotten very little amounts of hate 
And I always think, am I doing something wrong? <laughs> Why don't they no, hate definitely. on me? Am I doing something wrong? Because all these influencers are, like, getting hate. I'm like, wait, like, is that, like, what we should be getting? Because, you know, you see it. But, no, I love it. I haven't gotten a lot of hate. And, you know, anytime I've gotten hate, and this is crazy and maybe more I should give less energy to it, but if I've gotten hate in my comments, and I did this recently, I got I got a lot of hatred in my comments um, <clears throat> for this late, I don't know if you saw my stories, the Trader Joe's situation. No, I don't know anything about that. What's going on with Trader Joe's? It, it, was, it was nothing. It was not a big deal as I was, it was the, First, when this first started happening, I was in Trader Joe's and I was filming a story about like the grocery store. And actually, I was filming like it's not that scary. Like, don't, don't be scared. Like, you know, it's fine to go to the, the, you know, in the grocery store. Like, this is, I was just documenting my experience basically. And a Trader Joe's worker, another man was doing the same thing, and a Trader Joe's worker called us out and said that we were the reason for, pen, for, for this mass fear of this situation. Oh, wow. I was really upset about that, <clears throat> and I posted on my stories, and I got a few people that were like, you're such a Karen, which is like the thing, I don't know, it's going around. Yeah. Time, you know, it's whatever, and so th- I messaged the girl privately, like, like I'm not going to go down in the DMs with you, like, I'm not, or in the comments, like, I'm not going to do that, and I messaged her privately, and I apologized for offending her. And, you know, I said, I'm so sorry. And she's like, oh, my God, like, you know, thank you for, like, addressing this. I feel so bad for hating on you. Because for me, like, I really don't – that doesn't attract – like, that's not attractive to me to, like, fight with someone in the comments. Like, I actually don't want people to dislike me, and I'll work it out with you in the DMs. Like, let's talk about it. What what, – tell me what I did, and I'll make sure I don't do that again to offend you. Like, I I actually is important. So I think that, like – it's just for me, again, it's the communication with my audience. That person wasn't even my audience, actually. They didn't even follow me. But I still cared what this person thought. You know, I'm not trying to build a reputation on, I call it the Kardashian effect, which yeah. is being a train wreck. Like a lot of, you know, being a train wreck and getting attention for it. That's one way to go about it, and that does work. And you'll still have love, you'll still have followers who love you, but you also kind of do things that like, are like provocative. Yeah, provocative and get attention that way. And that works for some people, but that's not how I've ever wanted to build my audience. So for me, it's like super important. If I do something that offends somebody, I want to talk about it. I want to know why, and I won't do it again. Like, you know, I don't want to be the provocative influencer who's kind of doing the Kardashian effect. Yeah, you're treating everyone as if they're sitting right next to you, and that's important. Yeah, I think it's really important, you know. Sometimes you just want to be heard. It's not even hate, and it's so hard to even tell what the tone is just by reading text. Yeah, like, you know, you can't read into it so much, and it's just, like, really figuring out, like, who you want to be in this influencing space. And for me, I want to connect with people. So if I offend somebody, I want to connect. I want to know why, and I won't make that mistake again. You know, yeah, but this pandemic definitely trickled in in a very weird way where it affected everyone at a different time and scale because my interview um, that I did a few interviews ago, it was before we even had um, our first three cases in New York. And I sound so out of touch in that interview. I want sometimes I'm like cringing every time I see people doing plays with it. I'm like, I really hope they understand that this was I recorded this before we even were quarantined or anything. So I was being so lighthearted about it. 
I totally, I mean, you know, like when I went into Trader Joe's that day, you know, it was a different climate than it is today. Like I, I'm not going into Trader Joe's today with my phone out. I'm going into Trader Joe's and I'm getting in and out of there. This was, you know, three weeks ago. So it was different. And I think that that's the big thing is like everyone just kind of needs to be understanding that everyone's cities in a different place. Things are hitting differently and people are navigating this. This is a whole new world. People don't know how to navigate it. So it's just like, kind of being a little bit kinder to people and like understanding that this is just something that everyone's trying to learn and influencers are going to mess up right now. They're going to do things that are insensitive because they don't know how to cope with it either. And, you know, just sometimes they're just focused on creating content. Yeah. You know, it's like everyone's like struggling to create content. And then it's like, what content's appropriate? What's, you know, what's insensitive? What's not? Is it insensitive to do an unboxing when, you know, I got gifted products? Like I'm turning down a lot of gifted product right now because I don't want to be insensitive. Uh, You know, brands are like, you know, do you want some like clothes? We'll give you. And I'm like, you know, now's not the time, but it's kind of navigating like what's appropriate and what's not. And then from the audience's perspective, kind of just being a little bit more kind to the fact that we also don't know how to handle this. Absolutely, yeah. And And it's such a raw and vulnerable place for everyone, so I think that's the one one thing you can't go wrong. Like, just sharing today, I didn't know whether to share this or not, but in case you're interested, here it is. I don't know. Just... Well, I have to say that some people learn from reading, and you have your blog always churning amazing content. Some people learn from seeing. I definitely learn from seeing, and your TikToks give me life. <laughs> well, thank you. I love TikTok. TikTok's my little creative outlet right now. That's keeping me sane. <laughs> How did you pick that up so quickly? Um, You know, I got on it. Luckily, my fiancé, he works in a very hip company who's like always on the newest trend. So he was like, you've got to get on TikTok and you've got to get on it now. And I was hesitant. And I was like, no, like I'm not going to dance. Like I don't dance. (laughs) You don't have to dance, like get on TikTok. And so like I got on it before it like really hit, like right before, like literally like a minute before it like really hit. Yeah, I noticed that. (laughs) Kind of adjust. And, like, figure out my groove. Um, But I love it. I mean, I love it. There's less pressure on TikTok than Instagram, I feel like. So it kind of feels like the old Instagram where, like, you just post whatever. Well, you you and your husband, your fiancé, I'm sorry, but you guys are kismet because he's a photographer. And that, I feel like you went into TikTok fame. You just perfectly. And everything that you've done with it, I feel that you've, created trends because I've seen you do it first well it's interesting because video content's not like my favorite thing like I'm I'm not I don't love like being on video like I don't love doing the IGTV live it's just like feels very it's not my it's not my thing so it's weird how much I love TikTok it's weird to me but I love it I think it's so great how long does it take you to produce a single TikTok oh man it depends on the day. It depends on the day. One day I like knocked out three TikToks in an hour and I was like shocked. I was like, Zach, look at these three TikToks I did in an hour. You're not gonna believe it. Because typically I get frustrated and I get you know, I'm I'm trying to do it and it's not working right and then I just will stop. I'll just be like, you know what? 
it's not working for me today. I got to stop because it like, transitions and all of these things and outfit changes. And you know, when you're doing a TikTok with five outfits, you're like getting sweaty and you're yeah. Like, Why is this not working? I'm not getting it correctly. So sometimes it'll take me all day, and sometimes I'll just knock them out real quick. I think when I think about it less, I do better. Like when I'm not really thinking about it. So and there's just not a lot of pressure around TikTok right now, which is great. Like. You know, you can post every day or not. Like, they tell you that, they tell you that, like, if you want to get famous on TikTok, post three TikToks a day. I disagree with that because I feel like when I post more, I get less views when I give, when, than when I post, like, a little, like, one a day or one every other day. Uh, but I also think there's just, like, no pressure on TikTok right now. Like, it's nice because it's, like, there's no pressure. It's really, I mean, it really comes down to just providing good content on there, like valuable content and finding your niche on TikTok. So, like, you know, I'm not, my niche is not dancing. I'm never going to do a TikTok dance. Like, you, <laughs> I, I would be shocked if you saw the TikTok dance come out of me. I have no moves. Um, my niche is more fashion and Amazon and, like, you know, tips for things you can buy off Amazon. And it's just finding your niche, like, the other day, my friend messaged me, and she was like, hey, I'm helping my friend uh, grow her Instagram. She works in social media, and she got laid off, so she's doing, like, some side hustling. And she's like, I'm helping my friend grow her Instagram, and, like, she wants to get to 10K, so she has the ability to do swipe ups. What do you suggest? And so this friend that she's oh, talking gosh. about, the friend that she's talking about makes um, – what do you call it? Charcuterie boards. Charcuterie oh, nice. For living. She makes beautiful charcuterie boards. The prettiest charcuterie boards you've ever seen. Uh, I'll tell everyone on Instagram when I can remember it. Um, so she makes these gorgeous charcuterie boards. And I was like, she's got to get on TikTok. And she's like, what do you mean? She has to get on TikTok. And I was like, she needs to make these charcuterie boards on TikTok because that's how her Instagram is going to grow right now. Yeah. I'm texting her for the company because she, she makes the most uh, gorgeous, gorgeous charcuterie boards ever. But, like, you know, from TikTok. I love that. My engagement has tripled on Instagram from TikTok. I follow this mom. I'm not even a mom. But I follow this mom that makes her kids lunches because the way she just simply like cuts things. Oh, is it in the little? Astonishes me. Is it in a pink box? She makes the lunches in little. Yes. I love her. (laughs) I I did not know anyone else followed. Yeah, like I have no need for this, but I follow her. Just the way she cuts things, her ideas. I mean, it's amazing. It's like parent goals one day to make lunches like this woman i if you can find her you should put that in the notes because people should follow her on tiktok she's amazing she makes those amazing lunches but yeah it's like the tiktok it's finding what your vibe is and sticking to it and and using all the viral like you know the trending hashtags do the trends in your own way like you know there'll be a trend out there that's like a dance trend but you you can like kind of switch it up to be your aesthetic or your tiktok vibe yeah you can use the sounds that they're using for the dances and then you edit it and do the transitions to the beat of the song or the sound i noticed you do that too which is like great 
Yeah, you don't have to be a dancer to be on TikTok. I think that's the most common misconception because that's just never going to happen for me. Yeah, I just kind of stick with humor, but it takes me so long to make a TikTok, and I I need to really focus and get on it more, but I watch it. Humor ones are great. I'm also not, like, the funniest. So, like, for me, it's just fashion, and it's just, like, you know, the Amazon stuff they really, really like. I mean, it's just finding out what the people who are following you like and just doing more of that. Well, you're just, like, super – you're a genius with aesthetics and – being cohesive so that's totally your forte over there you yeah, know that's what I like I like aesthetics so that's what you know I just everyone's asking me like asking me about TikTok and like what to do and I think it's just like find a rhythm and find what works for you and just like Instagram you have to have a niche like, you've got to have like you know I, I think that like I, in the beginning I was like doing like random videos on TikTok like just like playing around and that wasn't working for me and then once I like found out my like little TikTok niche I saw more benefits and you know it's done wonders for my Instagram so I really think like right now the way to grow your Instagram is through TikTok because it's just, I don't think it's going way. anywhere for sure everyone thought Instagram was going to be just a blip and here we are we rely our businesses on it yeah, I think yeah TikTok's definitely the new thing Instagram is not going anywhere um but it's just a great way to market yourself is through TikTok right now. Just for everyone, especially in quarantine, people are, like, loving TikTok. I think that also your platform, um, Blogdo, is just so helpful for everyone. Because, like you mentioned, your your friend who had a friend who's, like, moonlighting with the charcuterie, Instagram. We're all, not all of us, actually, but a lot of us are really focusing on our moonlight now that we're quarantined which is nice I mean I the first I think I would have freaked out if I got laid off and didn't already start the podcast because I was almost I almost had a sigh of relief like okay now I can focus on this yeah and I know it's not going to take off overnight but I'm just happy that I can feed it in a sense yeah um so I've just with blog do and everything, it couldn't be more essential for everyone that's at home just wondering how can how can I make my moonlight better? How can I provide more content and really where I can take my brand to? Yeah, and I mean I love it. Like we've definitely seen we have the blog do ebook and we've seen like a big boost in sales and that makes me so happy because that means people are at home like you know, fine tuning their craft or like figuring out like how to start a blog or, you know, things like that. And that's a really great way to spend this time is to try to figure out, you know, you know, something to occupy your time that's productive, like blogging. I mean, every, I think everyone's got a niche. Like people don't think they do, but everyone's got a niche. Everyone's got something that other people could benefit from. by sharing. So I've saved so many posts from blog do. It's not even funny. It, <laughs> I have a specific, category in my saves of all the blog do posts that I if I didn't have time to read it I want to go back and read it um yeah and I just also something people don't really understand and I and I'm sure you can speak more on this like even if you don't expect your blog to take off and be a huge hit I think that what you just need a creative outlet because I found that even though I've I didn't really know where or how far the podcast will go or will ever go. I just knew 
this is my creative outlet and that's all I really need right now. And it started great conversations. It started me connecting with people like you. And it doesn't matter whether the flame dies out or not. It's like taking me in a path that will take me somewhere else I'm meant to be. Absolutely. I mean, it's really just having an outlook like yours, using this time to like, you know, see, see, when one door closes, another door opens. And if you're too busy looking at that closed door, you're never going to see the door that opened for you. So it's just taking that time to see which door's opening right now. Absolutely. Because you and Lauren both started just because you just wanted something to express yourself with. And look what yeah, happened. We yeah, we wanted an outlet. And Lauren and I, like, literally have been blogging in some way or another since, like, the seventh grade. We had these diaries that we were obsessed with we called it dt which was diary time i don't know why we called it that and <laughs> we like we opened them now and we look at them these you know and we wrote in them but they were collages and they were works of art and they looked like little blogs all the things we loved all the outfits we wanted to wear like they're amazing they're like little relics of our history but it's crazy because we started doing this in the seventh grade and we did it all the way out all the way to our senior year in high school together and they were like little blogs. Like, if you look at these books, it's like collages and aesthetics and outfits and just, you know, Christina Aguilera's latest low-rise jeans. Like, we were just... Oh, my this, gosh. Yeah, so we've always, like, had that desire to, you know, blog in some sense of the word. And so we looked back at our diaries and we were like, we were blogging before blogging was, before computers were even a thing. Yeah, you guys are so lucky that you started it so long ago. But I look back and I'm like, why didn't I? I'm surprised I didn't because I used to make my own little magazines. Yeah. Like at, during during computer class, I would just make my own magazine and write stories and stuff. Like, I don't know. I guess I just like. But you know, it's never too late to start, and never too late. And I think that's like the common misconception. It's. People think that, like, oh, the industry's too saturated, it's too late. It's not too late. It's, yes, it's just a much bigger pond with a lot more fish. But that's why finding your niche is so important because that makes your pond smaller with less fish. And once you have your niche and you start small, you can then expand to talk about anything. Lauren and I, like, Lauren, Lauren, we both, our blogging careers are very different. I started blogging way before Lauren and it was before before blogging was even a thing and I had no niche I had no vision and I didn't know what I was doing I was literally just writing like to my mom basically like I think the only person that read my blog was my mom and then when Lauren came into blogger she did it differently she she like started with a business plan a niche what she's going to talk about what you know and at that same time I got laid off from my job and so I was like Lauren's like do this with me like Go in, like, reformulate, start small, figure out, like, what your niche is, and let's, like, start from the beginning. And I was like, okay, so then I really came in from, like, a do-it-yourself perspective. I was big, when I started blogging, I was big into DIY projects. And so that was my niche when I started. Obviously, that's not my niche anymore. I branched out because I I have an audience, and so I was able to do that. And Lauren started out, like, strictly fitness, health, like, fitness and wellness. And she's been able to branch out to more of a lifestyle. So it's just like starting small, getting that audience. And then, you know, you 
understand what you talk about, but it's really coming in with that like business plan and that vision of what you want to share. I noticed that you'll always have that do-it-yourself flair, though, DIY. I always get so dyslexic when I say DIY, DIY, but you always will have that flair. Like when you did the garage, I mean, I showed that to my husband, who's impressed what you do with that garage. I love love a good DIY project. And actually, with this quarantine, I've been doing more. That's like one really silver lining for me is that I've gotten back my little DIY flair. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter if, like, you want to start something fresh. You'll always have that influence within – it's just in – it's like a muscle memory, and you'll just kind of, like, start the new thing with that in the back burner. Yeah. When you said that um, you were writing the blogs, like, you just wrote it to, like, your mom, but Lauren kind of already pictured her person – I guess her audience in a sense, when she said, you said that she was doing it more as like a business. Do you do that now? Do you kind of like picture your girl that's reading or whoever it might be that's watching you? I do. I like, you know, when I, someone asked me the other day, like, you know, I go to write on my blog and like, I'm just having such a hard time, like finding my voice. And so like, I really, when I'm writing or, you know, talking to my audience I just I envision it's like I'm writing to Lauren or my sister or a friend you know and that's kind of how I go about it like I picture the girl and I picture her being someone in my group in my circle and I write to that person that's really good advice that you pretty much read my mind because when I was framing that question it just kind of is from the tip of my tongue and it that's definitely something I need to do because I I'm kind of like a chameleon in a way. I'm so different in every single area of my life because I've been the life of the party. And I'm also like the girl that had a corporate job. And then I don't know. I just can't help it. I was an old, I grew up as an only child. I'm just so adaptive. But sometimes it's hard for me to maintain a certain voice that I'm going to carry like in every different podcast or every different Instagram post I don't know but that's helpful for me to just picture like I'm talking to my friend Steph yeah I just really envision I'm talking to a friend and that's like always the way that's like worked for me the best because like that's when my true voice comes out like you know I envision like I was I'm writing a blog post right now about a wedding update and I was like having a hard time writing it and I was like okay stop what you're doing and like pretend you're writing this letter to you know your best friend like I can't you know I was having a hard time phrasing it and like especially with the climate of our world right now this post has been very difficult for me because I don't want to sound insensitive again yeah like what was me yeah I mean talking about a wedding is so insignificant right now but like you know it is content I have to provide so I'm like okay like I'm gonna write this like I'm talking to a friend it's the best I can do right now I mean, you can't help that it's top of mind. It's top of mind in the pre-pandemic world. I felt like a whole my whole 2019 was washed. All I did was work, wedding, work, wedding. Yeah. It's just nuts. I w- was so excited for it to be over with because it wasn't comfortable for me to be such a bride. Like, caring. I, I just like, oh, when this is over, I can focus on the podcast because, I don't know, like, that's my moonlight. I leave work at 5 o'clock. I make dinner. There's not much time for other things. Like, it's just what yeah. it is. But so I was like, oh, when this is over. But it definitely is more helpful to be more present in it, even if it's, like, 
the crappy moments of the situation. I that's one regret I have from looking back at it. Like, why? I don't know. I just I just felt like I just was too rushy to just be like. It was like I was. I plan events. I used to plan. I used to be an event coordinator for work, so I kind of handled it that way in a sense. But I, I think I suggest anyone who plans a wedding after this pandemic to take that into consideration. What yeah. was one thing that bothered you? Like, what was like a something that hit your nerve before this pandemic happened about wedding planning? Oh God. Um. Like I know it's insignificant now, but just to pretend we're not here right so now. So bad at decision making. I am so bad at decision making, and there are so many fucking decisions when you're planning a wedding. Like decisions yeah. after decisions, and I just want someone else to decide for me. <laughs> yeah. No, like you know, there's decisions. What food do you want? What you know? And I guess that's the part of the process that I should be enjoying. But like, I hate making decisions, so that's been really difficult for me. Um, that was it for me too. And also the issue with the everyone's got something to say about your plan. Everyone's got something to say about your plan. You can't. Oh my god! Thank you. Yes, that was my biggest thing. Oh my god! And it's like just this is what we're doing. It got to the point for me. I said this is what's happening. If you can't come, don't come. If you can come, we'd love to have you. Like I don't want to hear about how it's going to be difficult for you to get to Copenhagen. I understand that. And that's why we're having a San Diego reception, to take the pressure off of everybody. If you can't come to Copenhagen, we're okay with that. Like, we're so, we're getting, why do you think we're getting married in Copenhagen? Yeah, absolutely. Because we're totally okay with people not coming. Like, you know, we wanted it to be intimate. And that's not a a diss to my friends or my loved ones. We want it to be intimate. And at the end of the day, the people who are going to come to Copenhagen are the people who should be witnessing your wedding. Absolutely. And and it, and also that being said, if my best friend in the whole world since we were six years old can't come to Copenhagen, it doesn't make her any less important in my life. It's you know this was our choice and that's our ramification for doing that. You know that yeah. some might not be able to come to Copenhagen, but again, there's a reason we chose Copenhagen. <laughs> we wanted it small and intimate. So, you want that moment and you want that like mental photograph of seeing him at the altar in that location. And I totally get that. Yeah. And you know, like it really wasn't um, as important to me as who could come. It was just a matter of like, this is what we want to do. And if you want to be there, you want, and for me, it was like, do you want to make a great family vacation out of it for your family? Like, you know, great. If you can't make it, we're happy to Skype you in, like whatever you guys want to like, feel involved in the wedding but like this is what we're doing and the backlash I mean even from my family love them to death but like god they tried to talk me out of this decision and I was like it's not happening this is what we're doing good for you because my family talked me out of my destination wedding I had it local they tried and I was like you know what like I love you guys I love you guys so much I said like my dad he he might not be able to well at this point no one's really gonna be able to do it but he, you know he was like i that's a big trip for me he's older and i said and i love you so much and i want you there but if you can't make it we'll facetime you in whatever everyone's comfortable with because you have the san diego reception regardless you have 
Exactly. And the San Diego reception is going to be super traditional. Like, they'll not, I mean, it's not, nothing I do is super traditional. It'll be traditional. There'll be a first dance with my dad. They'll be, you know, cutting the cake. All of those things that anyone, you know, anyone can come. Everyone can come. Like, join us for that. But, you know, the Copenhagen thing, I just wanted to do it a little differently. I, shockingly, like, you know, being an influencer, you think that, like, I want, like, all that attention, but I do not want that attention on my wedding day. I don't want, like, I went to a wedding. This was actually when I made this decision. We went to a wedding shortly after we got engaged, and the bride was walking down the aisle, and everyone in the crowd had a phone up as she's taking photos of her. And I looked at Zach, and I said, we're getting married in Copenhagen. I'm not doing this. (laughs) I can't do this. With the phones and, like, you know, you're having the most intimate moment of your life and, you know, your your cousin's brother's sister's girlfriend is filming you. Like, that was not the vibe I was going for. I feel you. And some people are okay with it, and that's fine. But my One thing that definitely got on my nerve when it came to wedding planning is that every other bride thought that my diff- – what I wanted for myself was, like, a – slam against what they wanted so if I said oh they they were like oh what colors are you doing I'm like oh I'm doing this like brassy new dress and just all white flowers let's say they're doing purple flowers they're like what I'm doing purple should I not do purple no like me not wanting colors doesn't mean that you are anything for doing colors like good for you everyone has different tastes when it comes to the wedding and some people want those cameras on them and some people want the huge ceremony and some people you know I just and I think that's great. Like, let me tell you, I went to a wedding recently that was a 300-person wedding in L.A., and it was absolutely beautiful. Like, it was beautiful. It was one of the most beautiful weddings I've ever seen, but that's just not for me. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it, like, there's so much second-guessing in planning a wedding, and brides are always second-guessing themselves. You just have to go with what feels right for you. And for us, it just, this setup just felt more like us, who we are as a couple. The more you stay to who you are, that you really can't go wrong because anything you had at your wedding, regardless if this person had it, like a more extravagant way of doing it, you're like, this was me. Like our, I went to a wedding. It was gorgeous, 400 person wedding at one of the most expensive locations in New York or the U.S. Each placement card was like probably cost forty dollars to make. And my placement cards were made from Staples. Like, I I didn't even make them at Staples. I bought the paper from Staples. I used a typewriter font, and I put all my favorite song lyrics, like, different clips of my song lyrics on the back of them. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, all right. So (laughs) they were from Staples. They cost, like, 30 cents each to make. And I don't care that it doesn't compare to this or that because I did – all my favorite song lyrics from when I was like 13 years old. My emo lyrics are on the back of them. I love that. Yeah. It's like there's so much comparison in this world of being a bride and like they did this and they did that and I want this and I want that. And it's like, you know what? Like you just got to stick to what feels right to you. What's in your budget? Like, you know, I think that there's so much pressure on this being the biggest day of someone's life. And like that makes it really hard for brides. 
because they're like, oh, if I mess this up, this is the biggest day of my life. You can't think about this as the biggest day of your life. It's a very important day, but it's so much pressure if you think that this is going to be the biggest moment of your life. You're going to have so many other moments. You could have a wedding in 25 years, you know, if you wanted. You could have another wedding. You could have a vow renewal. Like, this doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all, and, like, so much pressure, because that really takes away from what it actually is. It's so true, and the comparison is definitely the root of all evil. And like you said, I told my husband so many times, I always wanted that crazy Vegas wedding moment, like, let's get hitched. And we were talking about it last night because we were watching Vanderpump Rules. He was like, oh, you still want that? I'm like, I still wish I did that. He's like, all right, that's going to be on our bucket list. We're going to do, like, Sophie and um, what Joe Jonas did. Like just a wacky ass little Vegas well, thing. We're already married. Who cares? I, I tried to get that. Like that, I tried for that, and Zach was not having it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you guys can do it as a as an anniversary, though. Yeah, I was like, let's go to Vegas and like all wear like a sequin jumpsuit and like <laughs> rad rhinestone veil and like crazy. Uh, get married by Elvis. Like, how sick would that be? That's like no. <laughs> Yeah, it. That sounds like a great idea. Like, we have a vintage car and drive out there with the convertible top down the whole time. Yes, the vintage car. I love that. Do it. And he was like, no, that's not happening. And I was like, we can make it cool. We can make it cool. But, like, also, like, that was such a weird, like, I love that idea, but, like, we hate Vegas. So, like, it didn't really make sense. I don't hate Vegas. My dad lives in Vegas, so I just, I don't have the same Vegas experience. You know, I go to Vegas and I'm like sitting at my dad's house, but I still was like, I, you know, I love Elvis. Let's just do that. And Zach, <laughs> um, that sounds weird. Like, I can totally do it for an anniversary, and I love yeah, that. Idea. I couldn't find a damn wedding transportation company that had the kind of car I wanted. I wanted like just that liquidy, um, like top down 1950s car. That's, like, you know, a big, a big part. Of, like, I've got very – I've got weird specific things I want for a wedding, and there's specific cars, one of them. Like, whether it's yeah. for San Diego, I'm like, this is the car we need to rent for my photos. Like, I've got weird, like, little things. And it's so funny. My wedding planners think I'm so funny because I'm like, I don't know. I don't have any visions. I don't want flowers. I don't want any flowers. And then we get to the space. I'm like, well, what if we did, like, 70s – inspired flowers like I and they look at you know, like you said you didn't want flowers and now you have like this very specific vision of like 70s inspired flowers like on columns and pedestals I'm like oh, yeah I mean it just came to me I'm but, that way too I just don't know how I can just like blink and just see the weirdest most detailed things I don't know why I do it yeah my wedding it was so funny because we've all met at the event at the venue for our San Diego reception and they were like I was adamant like I don't want any of our money in our budget to go to flowers I don't know why I have no idea where I came up with that this idea <laughs> any money on flowers and then we get there and I'm like okay so I'm envisioning we do some columns with like huge floral arrangements that look like dated like dated from the 70s and they looked at me like you said no flowers and I'm like well I changed my mind and they're like oh my god you're crazy Sorry. I love how you include so much nostalgia into your vibe, like even your wedding. 
Oh, yeah. So the wedding is going to be definitely I want it to have, like, a lot. I'm into, I'm very into, like, Miami in the 70s right now. So, like, I'm trying to incorporate that into the wedding. Like, I'm, like, literally, I want, I want vibes that kind of look like a dated bat mitzvah. And they're, they're so much Miami in the 70s, a dated bat mitzvah in Copenhagen. <laughs> it makes sense to me, though. It really it does. It's just like. My planner looks at me like a dated bat mitzvah. And I'm like, yeah, don't you see it? Don't, aren't you envisioning this? And she's like, not really, but we'll make it happen. No, but actually, it's not true. She totally envisioned it and she got what I was going for. And she's amazing. Um, and I have wacky ideas and she's going to make them all come to life. And it's going to be really cool. <laughs> How did you find her? She reached out to me when all of this started, and I oh, was like, perfect. God help me. Yeah, I mean, perfect. She already understands you then. I'll shout her out. Her name's Nicole from Exhale Events. She's so amazing. Like I, I am obsessed with her. She's the best wedding planner ever. She just is making all of my weird requests come to life. And let me tell you, I've got some weird requests. Like I have weird things I want. And she's, she's not from Copenhagen. She's from here. She's from Pittsburgh. Oh wow! So she, yeah, she's closer to me. Yeah, she's in New York. Yeah, Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania, I get. Yeah, and she's closer to here. They're the same. Yeah, so she's closer to there, but she's been out to San Diego. Uh, she's got family out here, so she was out here, and we did a walkthrough of our venue here, and then from Copenhagen, Copenhagen is such a small event. She was not going to go to. Um, but then I was like, maybe you should just come because I'm obsessed with you now and I want you to, like, be my best friend forever, so. I did that with my videographer. I was like, yeah. we're going out to dinner. <laughs> we're just going to be friends now. Yeah. You get very close <laughs> to the people planning your wedding. You just get very attached to them. I specifically, like, steered for people that I felt still had that spark and that passion for what they were doing when it came to my wedding planning. It didn't matter if 50 people I know went to this person. I specifically was like, yeah, because I used to be a manager at a wedding venue and everyone I worked with did not care about weddings anymore. They were so out of touch with it. And I was only there for a year. So I still had that desire to make everyone's day so special and like, just go above and beyond for them but the people around me just were so jaded and i was so afraid of that we reached out we were doing photographers and there was one photographer that like i was like okay well like she's published in vogue and like she's you know just like top photographer everyone wants her like da 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 and then i have like a list of other photographers and i didn't really like i didn't love this woman's work but just because of like you know where she was published and all these things i was like maybe yeah, her credentials yeah yeah her credentials but like well then she reached out with her price and i was like oh hell no but other than that like i really didn't she was the best the best apparently but i just didn't love her work and so i think we're going with a much you know off the grid photographers that you know aren't published but i love what creating and i think you know for me one of the biggest struggles i've had in planning a wedding is that the general wedding aesthetic is very boho yeah absolutely that's like what's the that's mainstreaming in a sense yeah, and so I'm having a hard time, I mean, finding people who do outside-of-the-box stuff. So, like, 
you know, even our rental companies, we're having a hard time because the rentals, like, are all, like, you know, we've got teepees and we've got floral, like, things. And then I'm like, well, do you have anything from the 70s? <laughs> do you have any, like, columns, like, that look like they came out of Europe? Like, weird things. And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, great. So we'll see what we can come up with for me. I cannot wait to see your wedding content for sure. But whenever it is, it's going to be fabulous. And you're lucky that you're in Cali for sure. Cause like, you know, yeah. Seasons on your side for sure. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we could get married any time of year here. So that's a good thing. Almost any time of year. So that's the bonus. I mean, there's tons of bonuses. There's, you know, bonus. Any way to look at it, yeah. Yeah, it's all depends on how you look at it. And, like, you know what, to all the brides out there, if you have to reschedule your wedding, reschedule it and just brush your shoulders off and move on because you're not to make a decision. That's that's what I'm learning is, like, I've got to make a decision one of these days. So May 1st is our deadline for decision-making, and it'll be what it will be, and it'll be amazing. Isn't it funny how the older we get, a year becomes like a month? Oh, yeah. It's I'm so crazy. crazy. That's what my friend said when she's like, I moved it to next year. I'm like, are you sure next year? Not like November or anything? Because her wedding was June 26th. It was supposed to be. Okay. And she's like, it's not even worth it. Even if this pandemic subsides by then, I don't even want to be on the edge of my seat until June 26th. It's not worth me holding my breath and, like, having Thank nervous you. sweats. Yeah, that's like our concern is like we could we could cancel Copenhagen and do it all in September, but September might not be okay. So we, you know, yeah, you don't want to be on the edge of your seat, so you have to like also measure how uh, nervous you'll be beforehand and everything. And she's like, honestly, the year flew by. Next June is going to fly by too. Yeah, she's right. It will. It'll all fly by. It's just crazy, like, how when we were kids in school, six months was eternity. Eternity. And now it's, like, all time is just... It's going to be, like, a breath. Yeah. How's your mom doing? She is such a precious gem. I love your mom. She is my best friend. That's probably the hardest thing about all of this, I can't see my mom. That's really terrible. I know. Uh, I can't imagine. Uh, but she is doing good. She's quarantining in Palm Springs, and she's oh, smart. She's, yeah, she's smart because she went out there like right when they said like cor- like like be before they said quarantine. She went to Palm Springs to a friend's house, and they all just buckled down together so that they made their group really small, but they weren't like alone. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, they all have each other, and they're cooking, and they're, in, you know, reading books and watching movies, and they've all got, they've got, like, a group of, I think, four friends there that are just together, which is great, you know. I mean, on the other side of the coin, my dad lives in Vegas and is completely alone and so lonely, and so, like, I'm very no. happy that my mom has her friends. I feel terrible for my dad, but... Yeah, that's where my heart goes out to. Like, it kills me to have family members like that. that They're all by themselves. I know. And my dad keeps texting me, like, I'm lonely. And I'm like, oh, my God. I love you. I'll come pick you up. Like, but I can't, you know. Like, I, the risk is, like, his health and, like, getting him. But I have kept a really strict quarantine. So in the case. Me too. Mainly just in the case that if my dad needs me, like, I can go out to Vegas and get him. Yeah. Um, 
for so that's like really important to me. Like even like someone wanted to drop something off yesterday. Uh, she's one of my readers started selling fresh baked bread kits, and I was like, I can't see you though. Like I can't. Like I'm keeping this quarantine so strict because you know I do have family that might need. Yeah, I have I have grandparents um that live two houses away from me, and then my other one, my Nona, she's all by herself, which is so oh. sad. But she's only five minutes away, so I'm like. I had a friend stop, drop off food and like help himself into my house. He just walked right in thinking like, yeah, no big deal. And he thought I was being so overdramatic. I'm like, no, like I can't risk not being sure whether or not I can help them if they call me and something happens, like they fall or whatever. Wow. So I was like, literally like stand back, stand back, stand back. And then he felt uncomfortable yeah. and left. <laughs> and I felt bad. I was like literally such a, I was kind of being bitchy, but I mean, I'm like, I mean, I'm the same way. Like when I had to run my essential air and like, I feel bad, but I'm like, people get close to me and I'm like, six feet, six feet, six feet, six feet. Like, come on, back it up. I don't actually say that. I just remove myself. But like, you know, I just, my dad needs me, you know, I want to be able to go out there. So I feel like people are getting a little too comfortable because it's like, oh, I know I've been healthy the past two weeks so therefore this is that but like what if you caught it while you were food shopping or something I mean, like just listen to the tv and just stay because that was at the grocery store getting us groceries and this he, this guy was like like in the mask so he understood like what was going on but he was not like he was getting in zach's personal space the whole time he was in the store and i was like did you to zach did you say something he's like no i just kept kind of like walking away and i was like i would have said something like he's like reaching over zach for magazines and like weird things like that you shouldn't be doing right now so are you and zach trying to learn any new skills while you're in quarantine well you know i was thinking about getting duolingo oh i use that i i don't I'm not using it like I should be, but uh, what language are you trying to learn? Well, I I haven't tried any yet, but I was thinking I would try to learn Danish. <laughs> that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> like, the most ridiculous, like, not necessary language. I should probably spend my time learning, like, Spanish or something like that, but I thought, you know, why not just learn some Danish? Absolutely. That would definitely help, like... I don't know, just incorporate everything together. You know, no Danish, I don't know. That was my latest idea. Did your mom just learn the ukulele, or has she been playing that forever? She's always played the guitar. (laughs) She's always played the guitar, but she switched to ukulele. Like, she's played the guitar since she was a kid. So I think ukulele and guitar are similar. That's dope. But, yeah, ukulele is her latest, uh, and she sings the songs every day. I, I definitely want to learn guitar. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, now it's time, like, we've gotten the projects done, and so now it's time to, like, figure out some skills. I mean, I brought I bought, like, a bracelet-making kit. I figured I'd try that. Uh, and, yeah, I think it'd be great to learn another language while I'm here. I haven't finished any projects yet, so I'm so excited to get to that point where I'm like, all right, like – dry off my hands and like what to start now I want to do some tie-dye I want to do guitar language I don't even know where to start but there's like you I my house is a mess so like I mean your house isn't a mess but I'm saying like there's 
always so much to do and all we did was like paint two rooms before oh, yeah. this pandemic happened so if you can only imagine like there's so much we can do as far as projects of the house it never yeah. stops kind of right like you always kind of put like a band-aid on one area and then you can always go back to it and really do what you want to do or something never stops i do you, oh so go ahead no, we were just saying, like, should we paint? What else should we paint? Like, we were outside. What else should we paint? Like, painting's our thing right now, so. I saw what you did to the kitchen and, like, the living room. Everything looks so good. Oh, well, thank you. I, I found think- an old bust that I would have totally given up for donation, but because you have that bust, I'm like, no, I'm going to spray paint it stark white and, like, copy Erica. Oh, my gosh. Send me a picture. I love a bust. So <laughs> I'm so excited. I found in the, I found so much stuff. I actually went through my attic and my parents are such hoarders. I found clothes from the nineties. Um, like, yeah, my, I don't even think I was a teeny bopper yet, but it's like, it still fits and looks cute. Like now that crop tops and stuff. Oh yeah. I'm like, I, I turned this into what? a crop top. It's for an eight year old, but it looks good. What? What I would give to find, like, a box of stuff from the 90s. Like, that would be my dream right now. I kick myself all the time for getting rid of accessories. Yeah. Accessories, everything. I mean, think about those cool, like, remember those cool clear phones we used to have, like, landlines that were clear? Yeah, and the blow-up inflatable, like, (sighs) couches and stuff. I wish I had all that still. I, I love it. I I had the see through phone in the shape of lips. I had stop it. I miss everything. Have you learned anything like kind of silly about yourself being in quarantine? Um, I've, I've learned that I really really miss takeout food. More- <laughs> Ever thought I would. I miss Chick-fil-A so much. I miss Taco Bell. That's true. I miss Fritos. I miss Chick-fil-A. I've, I've learned, I have a whole new appreciation for takeout food. Um, and I've learned what else I learned in this quarantine time. Um, I don't know. I've, I've learned that I really function well at home. Like, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not struggling. Like, I'm not bored. I really am. You know, it reminds me of, like, the self, like, the the person I used to be maybe 10 years ago. Like Yes. I was always, like, a dreamer. I get what you're saying. Like, I would, like, do DIY projects, and I would craft, and I would just, like, do things around the house. And so I'm kind of getting, like, that vibe from myself, which I like. I noticed the people that are struggling the most are the people that always leaned on distracting themselves. Like I had roommates that would come home and just immediately have to watch TV the second that they're home and binge watch every new show and play or guys that had to play video games all the time. Like they never sat in their own silence in a sense. Like those are the people that are struggling really hard with this. Yeah. And I actually like have, I'm, I'm watching less TV than ever, which is interesting. Me too. Yeah, like, I usually watch more TV than I am now, so it's interesting. It's, I'm very, my, I like the abundance of time. I really enjoy the abundance of time right now. Yeah, because I used to watch TV as, like, a routine method right before sleep, 
I did the, like I cooked dinner, did the dishes, did some laundry or whatever heck needs to be done around the house and then just watch TV until it was bedtime. Now that the, that's all off, there's really no schedule. I find myself just like organizing something random. The TV's not even on. Yeah, exactly. That's like, whoa, you know, usually like when I'm at home working during the day, I'll have the TV playing in the background and like, we haven't had the TV on at all this week, so it's like nice. It's nice. I'm enjoying it. I've been trying to keep really zen for sure. Like it, the TV kind of gets me nervous in a sense. Oh yeah, especially right now. Yeah, my husband keeps watching the news. I'm like, dude, why would you want to watch that? But we, as long as we get an update, that's fine. I want to know what's going on, what progress has been made, but I can't just like have it on all the time. Are you and Zach? Um, tolerating each other pretty well during this? We are better than I thought. Better than yeah. I thought. You know, I think the garage helped because it did, like, redoing our garage. We've got an extra little space to hang out from if we need space from each other. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. That was, like, first things first, let's get the garage set up. So, like, if we're bickering, Zach can go sit in there and do his work. And it just gives us space. Like, you know, it's not normal to be behind with, you know, your significant other for this long of a time. But we're fine. You know, we're better than I expected. I do think that garage space has helped us. Because our house is pretty small. Yeah, absolutely. I think that if I wasn't focused on focusing on like building a website or whatever we would be too on top of each other he works from home so we're just um, when people are like are you guys killing each other I mean there's always stupid things like why aren't you just washing the dishes or whatever the case is but for the most part we kind of we know not to bombard and just stay in a different room or do some or other areas in the house and just keep to ourselves listen to music on my headphone we don't have to listen to the same song if we're not both in the mood for whatever genre. Just, like, figure it out. Like, you know, with Zach, like, he typically does go to an office. So this is, like, more of an adjustment for him than for me. Yeah. That's what's happening. So, yeah, he typically works in the office. And so, you know, it's just, like, giving him the space to find where he can work comfortably and, like, finding where I can work comfortably. And, you know, then taking time to, like, hang out with each other. and also it's an adjustment for him being in the house like you know I think the adjustment is like he sees more of like what I do all day when I'm here which is like a lot of like cleaning and like you know I think he it there's perspective on my days a little bit more and a more understanding from him so I think it's worked in our favor yeah that's definitely benefited a lot of couples and especially moms out there that men are finally seeing what it takes because I think he used to come home and be like, oh, well, you get home earlier than me. Like, he gets home at 7, I get home at 5. Like, oh, why are you – you know, I I don't know. I get, like, always flustered when I came home from work. I always had, like, a plan of all these things I'd get done once I got home, but I only could get two things done. And he never understood why that all makes sense to him now. Yeah. More understanding of the whole situation for everybody. The silliest thing I've learned about myself in quarantine is that I'm such, I'm so infatuated with socks, like planning my sock every day. I don't know what it is. I'm like, oh, this is the perfect sock for today. I need this one. There's a science to finding the perfect sock. I do feel that. I'm like, I need my ankles covered today. today. Yeah. (laughs) Socks, socks are fluffy. Like, you know, I've really been going for like full coverage socks lately. 
<laughs> even during it too. I'm like, why do it? And I'm in a hoodie, even though it's I'm hot. I'm just, I think I need to be in layers of clothing inside the house. He's like, what's wrong with you? He's like, I'm in a tank top. <laughs> I'm like, sweatpants, like, got a blanket wrapped around me. Well, it's also raining in San Diego. And when it rains in California, like, you know, we all go crazy, like, it's negative three degrees outside. So. Yeah, that's true. I went to San Francisco right before this all happened. Oh, yeah. That's my that was. I hear San Francisco's crazy these days. I haven't been in so long, but I hear that it's wild and different lately. Yeah, it's beautiful though. Like I definitely could see myself there. Yeah, I it's love. I mean, I my family always speak from Northern California. We spend so much time in San Francisco, but my friends have been telling me that San Francisco is just so different now. But we went not too long ago. Oh, like different in the vibe of the city. Yeah, like, they just said it's, like, different. Like, it's not what it used to. I mean, when I was growing up, I would go to San Francisco, like, five times a year, and they're, like, it's just different from that. But what, and like, the, like, it's not as busy, or? I think it's just they said the vibe is different. They just said there's a lot more homeless people. Oh, yeah, that that is true. So, I did an interview with Colette Prime, and she said that it's just very, like, health-focused, so it's not as much socializing as you'd expect. Or that you see in like the city. I love that girl. She's amazing. She is. She is such. Oh my gosh. She's so charismatic and bubbly. I love it. Yeah, she's amazing. I love her personality. I have to check in with her and see how she's doing. Yeah, I'm sure fine. She's always so creative and she pulls off such content just being at home. So I think she's she is another person along with you, that is totally inspiring with everything going on. And, like, again, I thank you so much for doing this chat with me. It was so great. It was so fun. I had so much fun. Is there anything that you want everyone to take away before? Gosh, that we're all going to be okay. We're all in it together. And if anyone rants about bride stuff, they can rant. Absolutely. Like you, you're feeling it no matter what. We're all in this together. And like, it's sometimes it's good. I don't know why people say like you shouldn't complain because sometimes it's such a release. It is good. It, as long as you complain and just like keep moving and keep trucking along. Absolutely. Like complaining to someone is just so cathartic. It is cathartic. It will feel better. I mean, even if you just have to rant it out branch it out and then move on <laughs> well you're such a good foundation for anyone who's a bride or just trying to keep it together right now thank you so much i we thank really you. need to do this again anytime you, you want to chat with me again i'm all open perfect this was so fun i loved this thank you well, thank you have a good one stay safe and stay sane tell zach i said hi i will you too all right take care bye